This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me tonight at 7.30 to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. And if you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And uh, apparently we're having some difficulty, well, iTunes is having difficulties um, displaying the podcast on the webpage, uh, but the podcast, if you download and you subscribe to the show, they are still downloading directly to your phone, so um, at least that's it's, it's happening to me, because that's where I get my podcast from, so if you are new to the podcast, you want to check out older ones to see if there's any cool episodes, um, you are going to have to download uh, or you're going to have to subscribe to the show, and then uh, every morning you will get that daily pod uh, for Locked on Leafs. All right, now that we're done with all that nonsense, uh, just had to get that out of the way because some people uh, were DMing me on Twitter saying, hey, I can't see your, your podcast on iTunes. Did you stop putting it there? And basically I had to tell them, nope, not the case. iTunes is having some technical difficulties. So uh, for those who also had that question, just uh, subscribe, and if you subscribe, uh, you'll get it each and every morning, uh, each and every day when we release an episode. All right, for today's show, we're going to do a couple of things. Uh, obviously, we're going to chat about the least victory over the Montreal Canadiens last night. Massive, massive victory. Uh, they really started off hot, big-time 5-2 win over Montreal. Matthews hitting the 40-goal mark, a big-time milestone uh, for him in this season. Uh, and then we're going to talk about the New York Rangers situation a little bit more. I talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, I was kind of live commentating uh, as the fights and hits and stuff were all going on. But, uh, you know, then some more rough stuff happened later on. Bushnevich got suspended. Uh, so there, there's some more to talk about with in regards to the Rangers situation. So we'll do that also a little bit later on. Uh, but let's get to this this game against the, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, amazing start. Wow. The Leafs came to play. Three goals in the opening, what, ten and a half minutes of the game. Galchenyuk scores on a wonky backhand just 16 seconds in to open the scoring. Tavares pouncing on a rebound beside the net to to get uh, to make it 2 nothing. Engvall, a weird goal from a weird angle, but beats the goaltender short side. We'll take it. And then Mitch Marner, a beautiful play. He started this one in his own end. If you think that the just... You know, you look at it and say, oh, wow, he deked the goalie out of his pants. That's a real nice goal. Go back and look at the tape. This one started from his own end. He started with the puck, literally from his own blue line. No look, backhand pass up to Matthews. Matthews sends it up to Sandine for the breakout, who finds Thornton ready, awaiting the pass, gets it to him, who then finds Marner, who is cutting in towards the goalie. Deeks Primo out of his shorts and tucks it in. Um, Edmondson tried to like pull it out, but no, 
cross the line, pal. And uh, that was just a beautiful goal. And on that one, Thornton got an assist, points in seven straight games. The oldest player to have a seven-game point streak in NHL history. Uh, so, you know, a, a big goal. And from there, the, the Canadians went on to score a couple more to bring it to within within two. And then Austin Matthews hits 40 with a five-hole shot past the screen to Alan Jumbo in front of that one. Uh, so really just a, an overall good game. Like great, The first period was absolutely phenomenal. They played with great pace. Um, they were peppering the the Montreal Canadiens, and, and, which is smart because they were coming off a game where they lost to, uh, to Ottawa last night. And you knew that they were going to be tired. You know, they didn't quite have their legs. They were traveling uh, overnight. Uh, I know it's not too far, just from Ottawa down to Toronto. But still, you know, they, they just didn't have their legs early. And you could tell. And the Leafs, they pounced early. And they, they didn't let up. And uh, they had a 4 nothing lead going into the first intermission. And they just didn't look back. You know, they, they didn't really put, like, pedal to the metal. Um, and, like, keep it going. They had a couple more opportunities to score. Hit some posts. Um, some crossbars, uh, but at the end of the day, they got the lead, and then they kind of allowed this team to sit back, coast, and just get the win, right? You just got to get these wins, and that's exactly what they're doing here late stages of the game. A um, couple more things that I wanted to chat about uh, for tonight's game, just quickly pulling up to make sure uh, that I am correct when I say this, but... It seemed like, and yeah, it, it seemed like outside of Marner, uh, the rest of the the rest of the big boys didn't get played quite as much. Again, the I, I like what Keith is doing, playing his his uh, his team a lot more, right? Like he's not harping on, you know, Matthews to go out there play twenty five minutes. I guess Marner did play twenty three minutes, but almost four of those coming. Uh, at shorthanded and and really he played what seven eight almost eight minutes no over eight minutes almost nine minutes of uh of special teams time for Mitch Marner so when it came to five on five play at the very least uh did a good job of limiting minutes to the big boys once they got that big lead and really just you know balanced out the the time which again we've spoke about this on the podcast I think they got to do that going forward and that's going to be kind of their way of load management right just manage the amount of ice time that these guys are playing going forward and make sure that they're they're still rather fresh and not totally tired once the playoff rolls around Stocks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. All you need is 500 get started. Grow your wealth in an easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first 5,000 managed free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E L T H F R O N T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. Let's just get to the three stars quickly, and because uh, I do want to get to that deeper conversation about the the New York Rangers. Um, so my third star of the game 
and give it to John Tavares. Thought that he had a, a really good game. You know, scored, uh, scored a goal, uh, had a couple more good chances. Kind of a menace on the forecheck and on the backcheck. And you know, I I, I think that Tavares, um, you know, two points on the night, few shots. We have here four. Four takeaways, which I makes sense. Like I remember board battles and everything. He was doing he was doing it all tonight. Tavares had a real solid game, just like he's been for the last little bit. Tavares has really, really taken his game, uh, not only to the next level, but back to where we are expecting him to play. Right? Like we're paying this guy eleven million bucks. What he was doing earlier in the season was not Tavares esque. Like let's be honest with ourselves, it really wasn't. But what he's doing right now, um, providing not only just like supplemental offense, but he's providing offense on a nightly basis, it seems like. You know, Tavares, again, playing some some great hockey uh, ever since he got his new stick. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you guys caught it on the broadcast, but um, he was asked about that today, how his offense has picked up since he got the new stick. And he basically said, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm a man. I'm usually a creature of, of habit, but thought it was time for a change. Um, and and it's worked out. So he didn't really have an, an explanation as to why the stick is helping him. But uh, I think he's just kind of playing coy because he doesn't want anyone else to take his, his stick uh, the way that he's got his curve on his stick, I don't think, because he's may have found something there. Uh, but Tavares, real solid game out of him, I thought. Gave him my third star. Austin Matthews. Once again, always part of these three stars, it seems like. Um, scored his 40th of the season. He was a beast tonight, as always. Uh, now scored in six straight games against Montreal this year. Six straight against Montreal. He's a hab killer. And considering that there is a high likelihood that it's going to be Montreal and Toronto in the playoffs, boy, does that make you feel good if you are a Maple Leafs fan because you just know that they're they got a good chance when it comes to beating this team a real good chance and granted it was Caden Primo and net at the beginning of the game in the first period not Carey Price and not um, Jake Allen who kind of silenced things once he got into the pipes um, for the second and third but regardless it, it does give you some you know uh, it gives you some hope that they can finally make it through the first round of the playoffs and if Austin Matthews can stay healthy and keep scoring goals at the rampant pace that he's doing they should definitely be able to get past Montreal here uh, but my first star giving it to Mitch Marner like this guy is just he amazes me every single night I already talked about the goal he had um, where he just started all in his own zone and uh, an unreal move to, to beat Primo and tuck it into the back of the net. Makes really, really smart plays on a nightly basis. Um, assisted as well on Austin Matthews' goal. And like I said, the guy does everything. Kills penalties, uh, plays on the power play. Like He just does it all, doesn't complain. Over eight minutes of special teams uh, special teams timing tonight. So, you know, Marner was on the ice for quite a bit. I think that led the, the entire team, actually. Let me see if that led... Uh, so he played 23 minutes, 37 seconds, which I believe led the team. Yeah, Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall both at 23 minutes as well, but a little little less timing. But, but you know, I, I think it's, it's really something that the Maple Leafs get a chance to watch not only Austin Matthews perform every night, but Mitch Marner. Like, he's a, a franchise player in himself. And the Leafs are lucky enough to have two of these guys. And the fact that they played together 
And the fact that they didn't play together until this year is mind-boggling to me. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I look at this lineup and the way that they play, the way that these two just feed off each other as if they've got, you know, a sixth sense and they, they're like the, like the Sedines almost, where they just know where each other are and they always make the play um, and help each other and they just know what spots they're going to be in. They, they just have such great chemistry. I can't believe that Babcock did not try these two out together. Or, or I mean, he tried them, but he never actually wanted it to work and he gave them like a period or two periods if they didn't score scrapped and then he would just you know put it back to, to the way it was and Sheldon Keefe allowed these two to find the chemistry and these guys are are fantastic like I would say unless Connor and 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 Dreisaitl are are playing together which they don't do that often like these are the the this is the best one-two punch in the game and I think unlike what you look at in Boston where they got a trio um, of Marshawn, Pasternak, and Bergeron, here in Toronto, we got two pairs, right? It's Marners and Matthews and then Tavares and Nylander. And then they've really just had wingers kind of rotate through on both of those lines. Hyman's done a good job on both both lines. Galchenyuk's done a pretty good job on both lines. Galchenyuk scoring another goal tonight. They've had uh, Simmons up there, Thornton playing there again tonight and, and earlier this season. So, you know, I, I just I want to commend. Um, we, we don't give enough love to Sheldon Keefe for just sticking with this lineup and allowing these two pairs to just create and find chemistry and just give us this dynamic duo that we get to watch every night. So from a Leaf fan, um, Thank you. <laughs> like, thank you to uh, to Coach Keefe there. So, yeah, Maple Leafs, big win, 5-2. Uh, they separate themselves a little bit more from the Edmonton Oilers, who kind of creeping up on their heels a little bit. I, I, I think tonight's win kind of uh, puts the exclamation mark on the year, especially since as of the recording of this this episode, the, the Oilers are down, what, 4 nothing <laughs> Or 4-1, I think, maybe, to, to Vancouver. So... I believe uh, the, tonight should be the night where the Leafs have can finally breathe a little bit, and uh, so that that you know is on the heels of this five to win. All right, we'll take a uh, a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get into this whole New York Rangers situation uh, right here on the Locked On Leafs podcast. I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you wanna check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. 
Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online as you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back to the Locked Unleashed podcast. Mike DiStefano with you, the host of this program. And just a reminder, this is a daily podcast. And to make sure that you subscribe to the show. And also, if you could, leave a rating and a review as well. Um, that helps kind of boost the numbers and get some more people on this podcast. That's what we're trying to do. Trying to reach all of Leafs Nation. Um, so... We're going to talk a little bit about uh, the aftermath here of the Rangers and Caps game from the other night. So, you know, if you missed the last podcast, I was actually watching uh, the like I had like one eye on the game uh, through the first five minutes while also doing the podcast. Um, And it was just like fights galore to start the game, as we all expected. Right. There was. Retribution was going to be had uh, the moment that the the Rangers came out and said that George Peros did not do his job um, and came out and made a pretty bold statement saying that he was unfit to be the head of player safety. So 141 penalty minutes in total in that game. Uh, there were I don't know, six six or seven fights in total. Um, a bunch of 10 minute misconducts. Tom Wilson ended up leaving the game with. They say an upper body injury, but I'm sure that was more of a, uh, hey, let's just get you out of here. Honestly, there's there's no point. You know, this game isn't, uh, or you're not as vital to this game, especially if, if you're just going to be challenged to fight every single shift you're out there. Um, so they he, for whatever reason, got injured or whatever, but did not play the remainder of the game. Um, that said... It really wasn't over. Even when he left, there was an incident as well when uh, Anthony Mantha and Pavel Bushnevich got into it a little bit. Bushnevich tried to lay a hit along the boards and uh, didn't quite get as much of the body of Mantha that he probably would would have liked to have gotten. And Mantha kind of gave him a little push afterwards and then skated with him, gave him a hack to the leg, uh, another hack to the ankle, and then another hack, and then kind of skated away, but then turned back and started skating in towards Bushnevich as the play was going up ice. And Bushnevich took it upon himself with um, Mantha skating toward him to kind of hit him in the face. And he got a two-game suspension for a cross-check to the face because of this. Or uh, two games? Maybe one game. I'm going to have to double-check that. But he got a suspension for a cross-check to the face. I'm pretty pretty on record saying that, to me, it wasn't actually a cross-check. And I don't... I mean, I guess, regardless, it was a... It was a punch to the face, and I, I guess I'm not going to argue that that deserved a suspension or not, but in my opinion, it looked more of a punch. I mean, if you look at the side angle, he, his second hand isn't even on the stick. What, In my opinion, he just went to go and shove him, um, and, and he just had his hand still on his stick, and it got up in the area, but I don't think it was like an aggressive... Uh, for uh, where you have two hand a two hander to the to the chicklets. That's that's not quite how I saw it. 
Um, regardless, I guess I'm all right with the with the suspension on him. But uh, I know that Rangers fans not too pleased. When you look at the two instances, in my opinion, I I still feel that the way that Tom Wilson ragdolled Artemi Panarin, that was definitely a, a way more unsafe play and something that is not needed in the game than than uh, Pavel Bushnevich is. And, and Bushnevich is the only one who ended up with a suspension. And I think I also saw when you take a look at, at the money that the $5,000 fine that Bushnevich is uh, or the $5,000 fine that Tom Wilson got compared to, I think it was $61,000 that Bushnevich is going to miss out on um, during his suspension. That is 12 and a half times more, more money. Like, 12 more, 12 times more? Uh, I, I don't know about that when it comes to that. Plus, uh, you know, he's actually out for, for an entire game. So I can only imagine how much Rangers Nation is uh, is is up in arms right now over this. And that even came, like, actually after the league levied a $250,000 fine on the Rangers as as an organization for, uh, for I'll, I'll read the quote, actually, that, uh, that the league public relations sent out. Said, quote, the National Hockey League announced today that the New York Rangers have been fined $250,000 for their public comments on Tuesday, May 4th. Those being the comments about how uh, George Paris was unfit to, to be head of player safety. Uh, the, the memo goes on to state, quote, Public comments of this nature issued by the Rangers that were personal in nature and demeaning of a league executive will not be tolerated, said NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. While we don't expect our clubs to agree with every decision rendered by the Department of Player Safety, the extent to which the Rangers expressed their disagreement was unacceptable. It is terribly unfair to question George Peros's professionalism and dedication to his role in the Department of Player Safety. So for that reason, uh, basically for being disrespectful as hell to league uh, league executive member George Peros, they fined the Rangers $250,000. So it, it really uh, went from like bad to worse for, for New York. When you think about the last 72 hours, um, it, it all starts with that scrum around the net with, with you know, as Frankie Corrado called it the other day, um, a Triple H pedigree almost that Tom Wilson gave to Bushnevich, uh, and then you have a teammate trying to come to his aid and ends up getting ragdolled and choke slammed onto the ice um, and uh, is now out for the remainder of the season. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, a bunch of fights break loose because they didn't suspend Wilson as, as most probably thought he should have been. Um, and, and all of a sudden, now the Rangers end up with having to fight you know, six or seven fights within a game, guys who don't traditionally drop the mitts, but that's that's what happened. And uh, also, you now have Bushnevich, who took it a little bit too far with, with Anthony Mantha, um, just because of the, the emotion in the game. I guarantee you, if, if that would have just happened, like an off-random uh, event where he kind of got his stick up in the face of Mantha, I'm not 100% sure that he even gets suspended, but I think with all everything considered, I get the feeling that they they had to take a look at that one because it was so publicly seen with all eyes on that game, and, and that could be viewed as just like a set, a sort of retribution that Bushnevich is getting on one of Wilson's teammates. Um, you know, in the, in the back of my mind, I, I feel like that potentially could have been a part of the suspension. They say it's not, 
but in my opinion, um, you know, I didn't think that it was that bad, mainly because, again, like I said, in my eyes, it wasn't like a, a two-hand cross-check to the mouth. It was more of like a double punch, and he was just was still holding his stick, and it was up in the area, but it certainly wasn't as bad as, as a flying cross-check as it's being deemed by a lot of people online. But you can disagree with me. That's totally fine. Um, you know, I'm a big boy. I can take a disagreement, but that's that's where I stand on that. So I, I feel for Rangers fans, man, it's been a tough, tough 48 hours, uh, and a <laughs> Between all of that happening, they fired the president and general manager, who I thought were actually doing a pretty bang-up job putting this team together. And all of a sudden, you got your owner and and a, a, a New York legend in Mark Messier coming out and basically saying the way that they put together this team is is uh, is not the winning way. This isn't a way that this team is going to win. Uh, they can't do it. Basically calling them soft. And uh, after all those comments, they went out and, and dropped the mitts. And I wonder, too, the fact that there were so many fights uh, that night, and it wasn't all just Tom Wilson. Like, keep in mind, the game started, the puck dropped, and it was a full-on line brawl, and Wilson was not even on the ice. Like, he, he wasn't on the ice. He didn't start the game, which I thought was also interesting that that happened. But regardless, like, I, I, I can't help but feel that... Then you couple the, uh, I think it was Lars Eller who dropped the mitts. Um, I think uh, Ryan Strom who fought Lars Eller, not a guy who typically fights in Strom. And, you know, I, I can't help but feel that uh, some of the antics that went down yesterday was to kind of dispel the notion that the owner and uh, Mark Messier had for them saying that, you know, they were a team that was basically soft and can't win in the alley is something that Mark Messier came out and said. And that was essentially the team's way of saying, hey, you know what? We're not soft, right? And we're going to prove it. We're going to stick up for ourselves. And we're just going to go ahead and just beat people down. And, uh, you know, they, they, they held their own in a lot of those fights, I will say. They held their own and... Whether you love fighting, you hate fighting, you got to respect the fact that they stuck up for themselves, they stuck up for their teammates, and um, hopefully, hopefully this is over, right? I think, uh, you know, Tom Wilson left the game halfway through uh, with an, quote, upper body injury. Um, you know, the, the Bushnevich thing, though, kind of leaves me wondering if it's really over and if, you know, now it's, it's, oh, you got us back, so now we have to get you back, and, and it's not actually equal anymore. We'll see. The Rangers season is pretty well done. There's, what, like two or three games left for them this year. I mean, I, I, the season's over for them. Washington, they've got a couple games left to try, and, and you know, they're still actually chasing the top spot in their division, uh, but they got the playoffs to think about. So, you know, I, I don't think they wanted Tom Wilson to do anything stupid either, which is probably another reason why they took him out of the game, just to make sure that he doesn't go overboard. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, a, a hot-headed guy. And if they were going to egg him on, the Rangers had nothing to lose. And if they would have got him to kind of lose his cool again, you darn well know that he would have had susp suspension, like for sure would have been suspended at that point. And, and you know, the the Caps don't want that. So I feel like that also played into the fact that they got him out of the game after after they, they let the Rangers get the fight. You know, they, they got the fight in, and then they noticed that Wilson was still chirping a little bit, and the refs were like, get out of here, 10-minute misconduct. And then I think there was a conversation had 
to keep him out for the rest of the game. And, you know, the, the Capitals are the better team. They went on to win the game. Um, the the storyline that's not talked about in that game, which is a, an absolute shame, is the fact that TJ Yoshi, um, the, the, the first game back after the death of his father, um, scored a hat trick in that game and, and like, was em- visibly emotional on the bench after the game finished, after he scored that hat-trick goal. Um, everybody giving him hugs. He even had a, a nice moment with one of the officials after the game. Uh, you know, so it was a pretty, pretty, uh, you know, gruesome night, kind of a black eye type of thing on the NHL. But uh, at the end of the day, there, there was one positive uh, light that came of that dark, dark game. Uh, but hopefully, like I said, both of those teams can kind of put this situation in the mirror or in the in the just get rid of it. <laughs> it's over. Um, and uh, rearview mirror is the term that I was looking for. Man, that was bothering me. <laughs> uh, but hopefully, that's you know they can they can move on here. Uh, all right. Um, quickly, I do want to also give a congratulations to the under eighteen uh, team Canada. World champions, baby, uh, going ahead, defeating the Russians by a score of five to three. Connor Bedard, Shane Wright, both with a couple of couple of goals um, in this game. I think Shane Wright either tied or broke a record, um, broke McDavid's record for points in the tournament as as like a, as an underager. So, you know, Shane Wright's going to be an absolute talent and uh you know what I'm sure next week we'll have Tony Ferrari on the show and and he, you know, was writing and uh, for and working the show, uh working the the tournament writing for Dobber Prospects, which is why he hasn't been on the last couple of weeks is cuz he's busy at work uh doing all that. So, we'll have him on the show next week to talk about the World Championships and and some of the the good performances and just see how good some of these kids really are because a lot of them are draft eligible they're going to be at the draft um you know a a couple months from now so there's some some real solid players out there and even for for the future right guys like Shane Wright Connor Bedard absolutely lit it up but they're not even in this year's draft that's how good this team was they had a couple underagers that were phenomenal uh, but yeah, I just wanted to to congratulate Team Canada, and there's just something so sweet, and I apologize to any of my American listeners out there, but there's just something sweet about watching Canada win gold on American soil. One of my favorite hockey memories is watching that exact same thing happen back in the O2 Olympics in Salt Lake City, you know, Joe Sackick scoring the, the, the you know, kind of nail in the coffin goal, and then seeing them celebrate um, on American soil, they beat the Americans instead of the the Russians who they beat this year. But you know, I, I there's just something about it, something about it where I just say, yeah, yeah. How you like me now? Who's the best country in the world? Who's the best hockey nation in the world? Yeah, darn right, it's Canada. <laughs> All right, I'm going to uh, I'm going to finish up this podcast here. Um, have a good weekend, folks. We got another game. Uh, tomorrow night between the Montreal Canadiens. I'm not exactly sure what uh, who's going to be in net because uh, Freddie Anderson did get that half a game into the AHL yesterday. He allowed two goals in that time span, um, but uh, th- there wasn't really like a, a 
maybe we'll get one later today, but as of now, we haven't heard if, if he's ready to go or how he felt after that uh, after that outing. But perhaps we could potentially see him start the game because we know he wants to. Whether or not he gets a chance to, to play an NHL game or, uh, or if he'll have to do another AHL game beforehand. But it's possible that we do see him this weekend. So perhaps it'll be tomorrow. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for me here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked on Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked on NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked on hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode on Monday, folks, to recap the weekend. But until then, enjoy the game and keep it locked right here on Locked on on leaves.